I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. Now you have plucked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. Then I recorded all the noises while we spoke. My name is Adam Buxton. I'm a man. I want you to enjoy this. That's the plan. Hey, how you doing, podcats? Adam Buxton here, reporting to you from, guess where? Yes, a farm track, sure, but whereabouts? Okay, the east of England, but narrow it down. Yes, that's right, we are, just outside the fair city of Norwich. All right, if you're so clever. What's the name of my best dog friend who was out on my lockdown exercise walk with me? No, Schnorbitz was the name of Bernie Winter's best dog friend. Mine is called Rosie. Some loud birds out here today. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to do a podcast. Oh. Told me to stick it up my bum. It's a bit cheeky. Um, so how's it going, listeners? I'm all right. Can't complain. Up and down. I think I got a bit of post-audiobook completion blues. That project kept me focused quite nicely for the first few weeks of the lockdown. And uh, now that it's over, I feel a bit bereft. But my time is being well spent. Last night, uh, me and my sons learned how to use plastic cups as an enjoyable percussive instrument. This will be familiar to a lot of you, but it was entirely new to me until I stumbled across a clip, first of all, of Emma Stone and Maya Rudolph on some American talk show singing a cover of Call Your Girlfriend by Robin. Call your girlfriend, it's your girlfriend. That's how it goes. And they're harmonising beautifully and playing what seems like quite intricate and clever percussion using an empty butter tub, turning it over and tapping it, etc., while they sing. And they do it brilliantly. But upon further investigation, I found out that they were actually doing an homage to another cover of Call Your Girlfriend by this Swedish close harmony trio called Irato. I put links in the description to these clips. Anyway, I'd never seen this clip of Irato from 2011. And it was a huge viral smash, but Buckles didn't get the memo. So I saw it for the first time yesterday. And it was just magnificent. And I showed it to Team Buckles after supper. They thought it was brilliant too. So then we went and searched for a tutorial not to sing close harmony, but to just play the cups. And then we spent two hours learning to do the cups. It's pretty easy. It seems complicated for five minutes or so, but then you get into it. And then it is hugely satisfying to do it with a bunch of people, especially if they're your grumpy teenage sons. We put some music on and played along with it. Hardest Button to Button by White Stripes. 
and robots by Kraftwerk. They were pretty good to just play along with. Anyway, that's what we did last night. Unusually productive for us, I should point out. Right, now I'm going to do something I haven't done before in my intro. I'm going to call this week's guest. Watch out. I haven't warned her I'm going to do this. Hey, Tash, it's Adam Buxton here. Hello, darling, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Are you in the middle of stuff? No, I was just um, just fanning around on my laptop. Oh, I love to fanny around on laptops. <laughs> hey, look, Tash, I'm recording this call. Oh, great, OK. Because I thought that I would fact-check my introduction, my podcast introduction with you. Yes, please do. All right, here's what I've got. Uh, Let me tell you about my guest for podcast number 120. It is the return of another friend of the podcast, English Cypriot actor and comedian, Natasha Dimitriou. Correct, David. All right. (laughs) Tash facts. Natasha's older brother is Jamie Dimitriou, the creator and star of the excellent Channel 4 sitcom Stathlet's Flats in which Tash plays Stath's sister, Sophie. Yes, that is it. There's an underlying thing that he's never spoken of, but I picked up on is that that character is also an alien. (laughs) An alien? Yeah, but that's something that, you know, we've never said it out loud. But I can tell. I can tell something big is happening, going to come. Okay. Tash fact number two. Tash can also be seen in the TV spin-off of Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi's vampire mockumentary What We Do in the Shadows, alongside Kayvan Novak and Matt Berry, to name just two, as ancient vampires sharing a house in modern-day New York. All true. Tash is also known for her work with her comedy partner, the equally brilliant and funny Ellie White. Their sketch show, Ellie and Natasha, made its debut last year, 2019, on BBC Three. And, as you will hear in our conversation, another series is in the pipeline. Though with things being as they are, I've written here, it's hard to say when that will hit your screens. That is all true. Can you add in best friend, soulmate and the sexiest woman I've ever met, Ellie White? All right, that is in there now. We spoke last week, didn't we? Oh, God, did we? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> the days are just rolling into each other, aren't they, Adam? I know. Coronavirus time is very different to normal time in all sorts of yes, ways. There was a lot of bad language. Oh, really? Well, I felt so anxious after we did... I hadn't had a conversation, like a proper long conversation with anyone apart from you, sort of Ellie and my brother, who I can, and, and, you know, some close friends who I can be quite candid with. But, um, yeah, that long conversation, I was, like, riddled with anxiety all night, being like, how many times did I, like, say part? How many times did I talk about my vagina? Well, it was a very enjoyable conversation. And I don't think, I don't think you need to be stressed about it. We're comedians. We're not newsreaders, are we? I don't think so. Oh, wait, I am. Oh, are you? I believe my work and my voice to be the news. Right, okay, in that case, there might be a problem. (laughs) Well, thank you very much indeed, once again, Tash, for doing it. I really appreciate it. That's 
my pleasure. I loved it. I'm so pleased it's good enough to actually be broadcast. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> desperate times. <laughs> true, true. I'm joking, of course. Yeah. All right, look after yourself. Bye, darling. Take care. Bye. See you, bye. Uh, I'll be back at the end of my conversation with Tash for more ludicrous waffling. But right now, here we go. hope it's working that is working very well really yep we're in business we are in motherfucking business we're in the business of fucking mothers here we go baby i'm sorry about that thing i just said about fucking mothers are you kidding i live for it all i talk about is the damage my dad did to me (laughs) (laughs) why does it look like i'm trapped the sun is just too bright up here in North London. It looks very dreamlike. Well, you could give your um, you could give your webcam a wipe. I know I could. <laughs> Have you been putting Vaseline on there to make yourself look sexy? Yeah, I mean, I've not seen my computer in the sunlight because I work in a bin under my bed. <laughs> this is just filthy. No wonder I've got so many fungus infections. No wonder <laughs> that's the cleanest it's ever been. How are you doing, Tash? I'm doing good. Have you heard, though, there's this little flu going around. <laughs> don't know if you've... I heard it. I literally just heard it, like, ten minutes ago. It sounds awful, but I'm fine. I'm great. I mean, to be serious, though, <laughs> how are you feeling yeah. about it? How's it all been? I speak to you now in the fourth week of lockdown. And how have you been? I've. It's weird, isn't it? Like, I think probably like most people, I go from, like absolute elation and like this is a gift from heaven and I think I probably brought this on because the amount of times I said I just want to stay at home for one week and not move from my bed and just press my television on and then it just shows me everything I want to watch so yeah there are moments where I actually am like this is what like heaven feels like when it's just so quiet but then yeah so it's that and then extreme anxiety and facing the decisions you've made And you've got, like, hours and hours of time to just, like, stare at your past and your future and be like, what have I done? (laughs) And are you watching the news and things like that? Are you reading the papers? I live with my very, very good friend and he is... The news calms him down. Like, getting angry at the news calms him down. Like, it's giving me clogged arteries. Like, I think I'll have a stroke because it's on the whole time. He wakes up in the morning and I've tried to do this, like, thing where I try and do yoga in the morning, which is the smuggest thing I've ever done in my life, but it makes you feel so proud of yourself and smug. And uh, my morning routine is, like, I go downstairs, I put on the yoga thing on YouTube I'm like breathing and then he comes in with his phone out and it's playing the news uh-huh. and then he makes a coffee and vapes and then I can't see the screen because the toffee vape is in my eyes and that's how we start our day and it's on the whole time he's like a sponge and he consumes so much 
he can have one eye on it and he's like taking in a whole thing. But it's it's so stressful. It's weird because it is like, obviously, we're in very, I don't know if anyone's described this period of time as this, but quite strange and unprecedented times. Whoa. I've heard weird times. So I've never heard. Uh, what was the, what were the words you used? Strange and unprecedented. Fucking hell. TM. I'm copywriting that. You've redefined 2020. And what about, are you sort of keeping an eye on the actual logistics of the lockdown, how long it's going to last, what the projections are for reopening the country and how that will work? I it's, it's worrying how much I could talk about it and I have absolutely no idea and I'm pretty sure no one else actually does. No. But I could talk and hypothesise about it for literally hours. And I'm really, I actually want to genuinely ask you, what have you heard? What are they saying to you? Well, it changes all the time. I mean, the main thing that I am getting from my news sources is the idea that it's now going to be quite a long period, like a year at least, of locking down and then opening up gradually and then locking down again when the virus begins to spread again and the health service gets overwhelmed. And so it'll carry on like that until there is a vaccine that they know definitely works. But the thing is that it takes usually not less than four years to develop an effective vaccine. I don't know. A lot of a lot of very nice men have been vaccinated against me. <laughs> and how long did that take? They're updating it every year because they're getting stronger and stronger. And <laughs> repelled by <laughs> And that's an effective vaccine that's been tested on humans in yeah. difficult conditions. No, but that's the thing I heard. You know, like at first they were saying, OK, we're looking at 18 months for a vaccine. And now they're saying, no, it doesn't take 18 months. It takes four years. So that's the thing I'm not sure about. Some people are saying, oh, no, it's fine. They're testing one right now on humans and it might be in circulation in six months or something. The thing that seems to be realistic is that even if they open everything up and everyone's going about their business and shops start opening and people go back to work, it still won't be normal for at least a year. People will still be well, encouraged yeah. to wear face masks. People will still have to practice social distancing. You're still going to have to queue at the supermarket and do all those things. And, you know, restaurants won't be able to open to capacity. People will still be sat far apart. And then people who are living with other people that are vulnerable mm. for whatever reason, really, they shouldn't be going out because they're going to be putting those other people at risk if they do, if they bring back the virus. Yeah. And then the other thing that I was hearing, which uh, I hadn't really thought about before, was there's then going to be kind of two classes. There's going to be the immune and the yet-to-be-infected class. Oh, wow. I mean, it just writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so the immune people are going to be going out, skipping and jumping, and fuck it, they can do whatever they want. They can travel, and, you know, there'll be an app on their phone that they can scan a little code, and it'll say, I am immune. I've had it. I'm fine now. And so then they'll be able to go to all the parties. They'll go and they'll snaffle all the best jobs. They'll be able to do what they want. Clearly, I'm massively trivialising this, obviously. Just. <laughs> but basically, that's the situation. And then you've got the people who haven't yet... The non-immune. The non-immune. My party. Right. And those are the people who are dangerous because if they start going out and mixing, maybe they're going to be the ones that get it and maybe that'll be a danger not only to them because you never know this is the whole thing with this virus is you never know how it's going to affect you. 
And of course, they will then be putting other people at risk and, and spreading the whole thing. And they'll be the absolute fuckers that everybody hates the yet to be infected. Oh, my life. That is a lot more depressing than what I've, the conversations I've been having. <laughs> like, well, July? Probably July. Um, I was just operating on the old 12 weeks. I was, like, just listening to my, my leader, Boris, and um, looking at 12 weeks and being like, well, July. Because I, it's, the disgusting thing is that I am obviously, you know, incredibly famous, mm-hmm. and people know that I'm obviously part of the key workers because I am an actor slash comedy writer. Yeah, your frontline morale services. Yeah, we are the key. I am the key worker. I get to go to Sainsbury's very early in the morning and um, they just let me in. They clap me, actually, as I walk in. Yeah, they're laughing and clapping. She's here. This is what has really upset me, though, that we haven't been described as key workers. (laughs) (laughs) The entertainment industry. (laughs) The entertainment industry. We are the culture makers. We are, no, I mean, Jesus Christ. But yeah, so... Because of the jobs that I do or the jobs that I I have, obviously everyone's thinking like that's the big thing in my life. Ain't got no kids. Ain't got no baby daddy. So all I'm thinking is my job. Yeah, when am I going to get back to pretending to be a vampire or a Russian lady? Yeah, but I'm like the thought, because obviously film sets and TV stuff, everyone is mingling with everyone. It's so, you know, like the thought of a sound person coming up to me and trying to mic me up and me being okay with them coming that close to my face. Mm-hmm. Usually I love it and I make hilarious jokes that they all, they love me. They love me on sex. I'm always like, oh, first time someone's touched me like that in ages and they, they love it. They absolutely love it. Yeah. The thought of that, I'm like, they, he or she will not want to come close to me. I don't want to come close. Like just the mingling that takes place in film sets and like how exhausted everyone gets because you do like very long days. And then everyone's just low on immune and just sweaty and eating too many biscuits. So the people I've been talking to, like, I guess, are the people in the industry, the only industry, show business, because they, everyone is so entitled in, in that industry. Just like, well, no, because I, it's television. So they, they, we must do it. So everyone's like, well, no, we, we have to go again in June. We have to start things in June. And I'm like, I, I don't think you understand that no one cares yeah, but who knows? So to sort of counteract your absolute predictions of misery, TV's going to start getting made in June, July, guys. Skeleton crews. Well, it's all going to be dramas about people trapped at home, I and mean, there's going to be a lot of those. That literally. So, like, I would say two weeks before this got really real, and everyone was just like, you saw the odd mask. It was a bit like, oh, <laughs> Corona, <laughs> whatever. Like. You know, the first time you heard the phrase self-isolation, already some producer friends of mine were getting scripts on their desks and they were all called, like, pandemic, isolated, (laughs) all alone. (laughs) And, like, they were telling me this just before I was about to say to them, I've had a really good idea for a film. It's kind of a horror (laughs) about a woman trapped on her own, but monsters get in her house, but she can't leave because the police are on the street stopping her, pushing her back into the house with monsters. There you go, you can have it. That's the thing. Someone will make that film. I mean, probably about 50 people will make that film and Mm. only one of them will be good, if any. But it is a good, good it is a good premise. My premise was person trapped in house and they find a portal to another dimension behind the boiler. Wow. See, you've got a much bigger imagination than me. Not really. I mean, the portals always boxes and portals are the key to compelling <laughs> television or film. 
My portal's the key to a lot of compelling stuff. <laughs> there we go. In fact, I want to play you the sound of my boiler. This is what I've been doing today. Keep going. Keep going. I'm close. I am. <laughs> keep going. I'm, I'm getting close. <laughs> this is what I went, I went to. I went to go and look at the boiler and turn the heat up. And it's, oh wow! I'm really, I'm nearly there. It started making this noise. Wow! I've come. I've come. <laughs> that is, that is a noise. Well, that's not even the big noise. Okay. Let me play you the big noise. Get yourself back together. Oh shit! Yeah. That is happening to my boiler right now. What is it? I don't fucking... Is there a mouse in it? <laughs> it's a big mouse if there's a mouse in there. It sounds like Chernobyl in there and it's terrifying. Um, but you can't get anyone to come and look at it because of COVID. Because of COVID. Unless, but you see, this is going to be the thing now. The businesses that will thrive will be the certified immune businesses. And so they'll be able just to roam where they will and they'll flash their immunity sticker. And then, of course, there's going to be black market trading for immunity status. And there'll be... <gasps> oh, I'll, yes! There'll be a whole bunch of people illegally downloading immunity app status. And there'll be nightclubs instead of, instead of fake passports. It'll be fakely healthy people. Yeah. Oh. It's going to be like Blade. There'll be this whole vampire v human class of carriers that and is... non-carriers and immune and non-immune and oh, it's a living nightmare. Oh, oh no. Sorry about that. Why if I be moving so slow? Uh, it's taking ages for pages to load. Oh, it was like this when the engineer came. He said it was fake but now it's the same. I'm taking a photo with my tea to put on my Instagram. Some people like to see the tea of another man. People be tripping out tea, pick it. Yorkshire brewing a nice picket. But I can't upload. Ooh, Cause my Wi-Fi's too slow. I was disappointed not to see you singing Imagine with Gal Gadot a few weeks back. <laughs> <laughs> oh no what's happened what has happened i mean that's it isn't it that's it you don't want to be that bless their hearts i know that's you a... just know they were you know it's just people trying to be like we're going to do something nice but exactly trying to be nice sort of reaching out holding hands with the rest of the world but the thing is that what seemed to be underlying it all was like well, we're just not going to spend that much time on it because we're busy with other things. So we're going to spend as little time as we're possible. We're busy enjoying our stunning homes. Yeah. <laughs> we're not even going to agree what key this is in. So everyone is going to be singing <laughs> totally different. It's like they're almost singing different songs. It was a shame because, as you say, yeah, it was that they were trying to be nice. Did you know Eddie Benjamin before that? Do you know? I who... don't know him now. No, exactly. is he the one that was like, wah, 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 wah. maybe he had a big gap in his teeth and long hair, young guy. How did he sing his bit? It was pretty wobbly. 
And now he has this, because I looked him up, because I was like, who's that guy? Eddie Benjamin. And he's just had a single out, and it's called Fuck My Friends. Have you heard Fuck My Friends? (laughs) Have I heard it or have I done it? (laughs) This is what the young people call music these days, Dasha. And the lyrics are, fuck my friends, I don't want to show anything, lost my face and I lost my brain, I don't need their love, fuck my friends, cause they only gonna let me down, now I'm wandering through this crowd, I don't need their love. Love, no. I don't need their, I've lost my brain. How do you, yeah, how do you think it goes? How, does, how do you think the chorus goes? Fuck my friends, I don't want to show anything. How does that bit go? Dancing, dancing, dancing in the party tonight. I ain't dancing with you because you're my cousin in black. (laughs) That doesn't even have the words. Wait, no, wait. I just got really scared about doing improvised singing there. Let me think of it. So fuck my friends, fuck my life, fuck my friends, my friends. No way. You got to get out. You're my friend and it's time to breathe from my snout. <laughs> You're still not saying the lyrics. I gave you the lyrics. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was the verse. And you were telling me to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Hang on. The lyrics are, fuck my friends. I don't want to show anything. Lost my face and I lost my brain. I don't need their love. Fuck my friends, I don't need to show anything. I lost my brain and I lost my life. My head's in, in a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten the lyrics. Just play it. This is. Here we go. Fuck my friends, I don't want to feel anything. Lost my face and I lost my brain. I don't need that. Oh, wow. That is smooth. That's not. That's almost as good as my version. It's not got that grit, though, that anger. No, it doesn't. Speaking of inspiring performances by musical geniuses, did you watch One World Together at Home? Did you see any of those performances? Yes, I've seen a few of them. And again, you know, it's more like, oh, people have actually taken some serious time out of their day to try and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it is like, why you got a piano in the garden, man? <laughs> You're talking about Sir Elton. <laughs> yes. And also, I'm, you know, I have to be honest, I'm worried. Why are you worried? What's, oh, because of his what, the style of his rendition. Yeah. He didn't say the, the letter S once, and yet the song he sang was still standing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, did you ever used to watch Shooting Stars, Vic and Bob's show? You remember the club sing-around? Mm-hmm. Where were they? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's what Elton John was doing on the One <laughs> World Together at <laughs> Home concert. Oh, I mean, it was so weird. Because also when he spoke, I was like, oh, Elton's in good health. Like, he's seen sounds really clear and fresh and healthy. Yeah. And then he's like, me like standing. <laughs> me and I, and I stand. And I can't stop standing. And I, and I like to stand. <laughs> that is lit. That, it sounds offensive and bad, but that is exactly what he did. Actually, I'm going to do you. I'm going to uh, sing it over a piano. I've downloaded a backing track. Oh, great. Well, you can even know what it's like. You feel like when it's season, you like ice. A cold, a lulu, and a giant bamboo. Wind up like a raccoon. 
the handmaid. Don't think to remember. Hey, who could be I'm coming back? I can't. I gotta take the top back upon the table. Hey, we need to do. I'm doing that. I'm the same. Oh, hey. I mean, is it because, presumably it's because they are just bored of singing? I mean, how many times do you think Elton John has sung I'm Still Standing? Six, at least six. <laughs> do you think more than six? <laughs> no, times? yeah, he's probably probably millions. Yes, exactly. No, I I get it like when you do an Edinburgh show, not to make it about myself, which is just, I've literally done it and made it about Edinburgh, how disgusting. But when you do material or whatever... There are you realise there are sometimes where you're like oh I've literally started delivering that line like yeah it used to be like and then I ate a pizza and you're like yeah exactly exactly it's just like he's done it so many times it is just abstract sound to him but I think there's a way of doing it where you can sort of mess around with the tempo or you know you do a slower version and if it was like I'm still standing. I don't like that, though. I don't like it. I... It's disgusting. I'm just saying it's just weird <laughs> to completely turn it into words that aren't words. Yeah. Like, that was, like, a, the slackest tongue of anything I've ever heard. And I've kissed some bad people. And that was slack. I mean, you know, on the whole, it's a lovely thing to do. But I'm just a miserable old really like bloated sour old rat no i'm not just... uh, i don't think either of us are pouring scorn on the sentiment and the genuine desire to uh, uplift and entertain people and also what do i want do i want videos of people like being like please arms for the poor well like, what do i want and what i mean yeah there is pretty much blanket coverage of all the miserable stuff uh, if you want it so i guess i just want to see people falling over and people scaring their dads. That's all I want to watch. They're, I'm fine what with about that. animal videos? I think animal videos are doing well. Oh, aren't they always doing well, our sweet angels? quiz last night you know we're doing one of those quizzes that everyone does and my brother hosted it and it was all about the theme was all about us and um i hosted the one the week before and mine was just about sex although i think i did something amazing and everyone you should who's doing like zoom quiz and stuff should copy this i got everyone on the quiz to send me a photo of the person they lost their virginity to and then you had to guess which person was which and who'd lost that's a great game which person did you come up with that yourself I did. Whoa, you could... Me and Daniel came up with the theme of sex. Yeah. And then I came up with that question. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to start blithering on about sex facts, but oh, wow, the animal kingdom and sex is so fascinating. If you're bored, just read about animal... You know, a kangaroo has three vaginas. Uh, There's a type of... Is that true? True. There is a type of mammal that's just been discovered in Australia that has sex so ferociously for such a short period of time, it disintegrates. 
<laughs> That's true. There's like a type of fly. I think it's the damselfly, maybe. I could be wrong. The type of fly that has a miniature spoon that comes out of its penis when it's having sex with its mate and it scrapes out any old <laughs> sperm or like any like opposing sperm from another fly. A miniature spoon. I don't think it's a miniature spoon. It's called a miniature spoon. That's what they describe it on the animal sex website that I'm on. <laughs> this one that I've bookmarked. It's it's absolutely wild. There's a type of frog. There's a male frog. How do you think he give birth? Yeah. And it's the man that gives birth. He spits them out his mouth. The babies are in its mouth and he spits them out. That's how he gives birth because the eggs are in his mouth. Yeah, I think that's okay. I could have... That's fine. I'm fine with that. You Imagine me being like, oh, oh, here it comes, and then gobbed up my baby. <laughs> it's like a kind of Jake... You and, wouldn't be fine with that. Jake and Dinos Chapman artwork. Yeah. <laughs> What's the thing that disintegrates? <laughs> it's a mammal. It's a newly found mammal. It's got a really weird name. And it's it's only been discovered recently in Australia, and it's I can't even name. If you type it, animal that sex which it disintegrates. <laughs> animal that disintegrates. There's Stop. so many good facts. I'm gonna if I got them on my phone. So here we go. National Geographic. It's August in Australia, and a small mouse-like creature called an Antichinus. That's it. An Antichinus is busy killing himself through sex. He was a virgin until now, but for two to three weeks, this little Lothario goes at it non-stop. He mates with as many females as he can in violent, frenetic encounters that can each last up to 14 hours. That's too long. He does little else. Blah, 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 blah. Soon it's all over. A few weeks shy of his first birthday. Wow, he's not even one. He is dead, along with every other male antichinus in the area. The technical term for this is semilparity, from the Latin words for to beget once. It disintegrates. I mean, disintegrates sounds better than what I'm getting here. He just dies. He has a lot of sex. How long, how long can female lice have sex for? <laughs> female lice. I don't know. 70 hours. 70? 70 <laughs> hours. They can go all night, all week. How much on average does an elephant's penis weigh? Uh, how much on average? Now, the question is, would you think it was massive because it belongs to an elephant or is it surprisingly small like a little carrot? I'm going to go for <laughs> surprisingly small and say it weighs, I don't know, eight pounds. Ba -ba -da -ba 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 -ba. You're wrong. 30 kg. We're talking like four or five stone. Oh, it's a just big unit. And the final one I will ask you is how long is an average duck penis to the nearest <laughs> inch? <laughs> okay, we're going to go for surprisingly long. So eight inches? Ten. Ten. That's very long. It's a long. corkscrew. It's a corkscrew. Oh, so if... And you stretch it out, baby, you got that length. That's but it's still, right. it like hangs down. Like you, if you see a photo of it, it literally is like, oh, sorry, you've got a bit of um, string tied to your leg. Oh, no, sorry. That's your willy. <laughs> That's what my wife says to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm exhausted now. I'm going to disintegrate myself. Um, and how has your day, like, what have you been doing today? Okay, so me and Ellie White, my writing partner, we have been... Well, we were writing our sketch show before this happened. 
and so we still have to write it because apparently we're filming it one day it doesn't really feel like we will I mean will there be any wigs left <laughs> and also will anyone allow us to make a show that is based entirely in a wet market when we're both dressed as pangolins what are pangolins single skit. do you not know what a pangolin is it's what started this whole thing I don't think I know what a pangolin is Adam where have you been Norfolk a pangolin Someone ate a pangolin that had had sex with a bat. Okay, right. Sorry, sorry. I was thinking it for some reason because it's not a familiar word. You thought it was a sanctuary tale? No, I thought it was a sort of fashion subset. You know, like a cosplay. <laughs> we're the pangolins. We're getting ugly. We're getting wild. We're getting plain. What? I don't even know what a pangolin looks like. It's like a little armadillo and it's got... The female ones have very, like, dry breasts that are exactly like female breasts, but with little, like, crispy nipples. I am now looking at a pangolin. Oh, mate. There's an article... That's where it all started. Right, of course, of course. They're I... the most wanted animal, the poor thing. Poor thing. So, yeah, me and Ellie are writing... We, to be writing too many of the lovely... We are writing so much content about corona no we're not at all but it just is like you can't write sketches when this is happening i mean that this is the thing though it is this is the thing we still need (laughs) silly people and silly behavior but sometimes it feels when you're indulging in that silly behavior it feels sort of disrespectful to the people whose lives are being shredded by this thing but at the same time that doesn't it doesn't mean to say that you know you can still be silly and be aware that it's a fucking terrible situation for people. Yes, no, and I I think you have to just try and have perspective and be like, it's all relative. Like, you know, my personal life has been very much affected by this in that I have elderly parents who are insane and will not stay in the fucking house. Oh, really? Is that true? But it feels like I thought I was alone and then I spoke to all my friends and they were just like, yeah, I spoke to my dad today. Um, he said he had to go and check on a lamppost. Yeah. What is it everyone was saying? The boomers. It's the boomers because it's something to do with the fact that they were having sex in the like sort of 60s. They don't understand the flu. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, my parents are like, heaven help me. The stress that they've brought upon me and it's fine because I love them and they're my parents and they put up with so much stress from me and my brother so it's fine that they can be like that now but it is like I just I love you so much Stan and you're talking to them over the phone are you and they're out and about no so so basically okay so my dad I've talked about him before on the podcast he's very mad eccentric man he also has in the past year been diagnosed with dementia which is obviously very sad and very not nice but also it's something that i think millions and millions of people deal with and you know he's in early stages and also it sounds insane but this is how like me and my brother spoke about it Mm -hmm. i'm being probably far too truthful at the moment sharing way too much but i haven't spoken to anyone in about four weeks apart from my flatmate who is insane no he's not i love him but me and my brother have like made ourselves feel better about it in a weird way because he's always been so eccentric Mm -hmm. as a human that it's always been like we've almost had to treat him as he has got some sort of dementia or something because his logic and his everything has never really made much sense right he's always been 
a big pile of chewing gum with a load of fleas trapped in it. <laughs> like that's... <laughs> I've always known what it feels like to deal with loving something like that. Yeah. Loving a big snail that's <laughs> taken ecstasy. <laughs> And is just going mad, but is also a snail. Yeah. So, oh, so, Tash, yeah, I'm, so, so, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh no, it's 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 so sad, and like you know, it's been very very hard. But he's also I'm you know my he lives with my mum, mm-hmm. and they have a very unconventional setup, but it's actually incredible, and she's doing an amazing job looking after him. And there, like to get very sincere, there are so many amazing things that have sadly had to stop because of what's happened. But like choirs and clubs and like amazing things for like people with dementia and alzheimer's that you can go along to with him and he absolutely loves it like he was singing a greek song the last time he went and everyone was treating him like a rock star Mm -hmm. but basically yeah so he's got dementia so that's not great because he can't quite remember but he's like very okay with it he's like and he for him it was a relief when he got diagnosed because he'd been saying my bloody memory's going and we're always like no it's not you're fine and now he can be like bloody is so how how is it um, manifesting itself with him then is it his short-term memory that's shot at the moment it's short term so he sort of forgets that we're on lock you know he forgets so he's like when am i gonna bloody see you then babe and i'm like well i i can't he's like oh yeah the old creonian the old Giros, the Krinkrong. The Krankraks. That's getting everyone. You know, he just can't, like, he, he it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me at all. I just want him to be healthy and happy. But, you yeah. know, like, he doesn't really, he's never, the, the, the concept of tell. I think I've talked about this before, the concept of me and my brother working, doing TV and stuff makes no sense to him because mm-hmm. there's, like, where's the shop front? to our business yeah. because there isn't one and he doesn't understand how a tv show can be on in england if i made it in a different country so he key, he's asked me the same question every time so when are they carrying the tv show to the uk because he thinks the vampire he calls the vampire show that i do what we do in the shadows he calls it the dinosaur show i don't know why <laughs> when are they bringing the dinosaurs <laughs> They were they're kind of like ancient creatures, aren't they? So maybe that I think that's it. But that's it's also quite easy that he's so clueless and sort of forgetful about it because I literally can cheer him up by being like, "Guess what happened today, Dad? Everyone, everywhere in the world said one billion really nice things about me." And he's like, "Really? Did they? Oh, How that's many? Good. One million nice things. The most important people in the world. No way. Oh come on. This is the best news I've had in my life." <laughs> but the thing is i was saying that to sort of stuff to him before he had dementia so it's yeah i don't know is there anyone out there phone in if there's anyone out there that has had a very like eccentric father or, or mother or parent or family member who then has dementia how do you differentiate from the serious condition to their personality there's also i mean i don't even know if this is another anecdote that's probably too long and boring but basically long story short me and my brother are paying for a turkish man and no one knows his name to stay in a hotel <laughs> which is that turkish man there was just you know the sort of when the country went into lockdown and i was like right okay now my dad can't go to the gym and wipe his face on every instrument that he uses good 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 this is good like i calmed down and then things kept cropping up it turns out they have two students living with them who were like very close they've been there for a while so they're staying that's fine the house is as safe as it can be for my dad and my mum then there was another weekend where this just 
exploded and turns out cut back to christmas we were downstairs having dinner or whatever watching tv and my dad went is he coming down and i went me and my brother who's coming down he went the man and i went which man he went the man upstairs and i was like there's a man upstairs what like i'd been staying there for four days i had no idea and my mum went yes there's a man upstairs natasha and i was like what's his name we don't know okay (laughs) this is at your parents house yeah my parents house Stop asking. We don't know. Me and my brother were like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> he's, he's a very nice man. We just don't know his name. He's a friend of the family of your, on your father's side. So, like, as most things that happen in that house, I just was like, oh, well, just it doesn't matter. You don't live here anymore. It's fine. So they're happy. They're safe. It's fine. So then cut to this. And then turns out the man is still there and they weren't sure where he was and they thought he might still be working in a pub that was illegally open. And then a lot of investigating was done. The man doesn't speak English. No one knows his name and he's half deaf and he's a friend of the family. But (laughs) I don't know if this is funny or just deeply, deeply tragic, but basically my parents felt so protective over him but it was he was insisting that he still went to work and no one knows where he works and there was a chance that it was a pub or an off license or something and so i was like there is no way that this is safe to be in the house with dad and you because you're both above 70 yeah so no one could speak to him no one understood what he was saying no one wanted to just kick him out uh-huh. and obviously me and jamie couldn't go to the house because we're social distancing from them So we somehow found a hotel in Haringey and he's now living in the hotel and we're paying for him to live there. So what did you, I mean, how did you, did you speak to him on the phone then and say, look. So they got someone to talk to him on the phone and explain what's happening. He's more than happy because the room he's staying in my parents' house is my old room and it's a shoebox because my brother had the biggest room. So he's really happy. He's staying in a hotel. Nice. And I mean, it is one of the maddest things that I've ever experienced. So this is what success looks like for you. All the money you've made from what we do in the shadows and uh, Staff Let's Flats and your sketch show and your other magnificent projects is now being channeled into hotel rooms for um, random <laughs> random lodges that your parents have taken in. Well, me and my brother are splitting it, so it's both of our hard-earned money going to that. But it is, you know, it's fine. And you're like, well, it's fine and it's what I had to do because we had to make sure my mum and dad were safe yeah. and they are very, you know, sweet people who didn't want to kick a man out onto the street during a pandemic. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, the NHS, you guys, anyone I could be giving this money to, but no, got to be, it's got to be a nameless Turkish guy. You still don't know his living name. Living in the old room. No. <laughs> they did try and say his name. They took guesses, but I can't repeat it because it's just... <laughs> Just deeply offensive, just making, like, Turkish noises. It's not Dogan, who we met last time. No, it's not Dogan. It's not Dogan. You've got that story now? Yeah. That's that's down for the, the, the records? Well, not that your dad knows who I am, but give him my best. Oh, of course, no. He. Oh, if I told him, Dad, a very, very famous bearded little man. Yeah. Um, little man, I'm sorry, didn't we say little? A very... <laughs> A hobbit. Dad, a hobbit with a podcast. A little hobbit from Norfolk. He's got £6,000 and he says, he says hello. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Well, you made my bloody day. <laughs> Give him my best. I take out the bins. 
every Monday evenings for collection early on Tuesday morning. Except for holidays, one week it's recycling, the next week it is stinky bin. If you miss the stinky bin collection, it will be sat there for a fortnight going shit. I was watching a video of you out in Austin, Texas at the South by Southwest Festival last year, 2019. Seems like a long imagine, time ago. Imagine. So weird to have done that now. And it was, uh, I, I know, it's strange. It's strange looking at any... I was be- like licking those microphones. Yeah, big gatherings of people, everyone putting their arm around each other and taking selfies and you're just thinking, oh, wow, I wonder... If- how long it's going to be before we can do that again. Anyway. How do you feel about it? Do you feel like it's a gift from the gods that the universe is kissing us or do you feel like a hell? It's exactly as you described it. It's some days you think, wow, I wish life was always like this, minus the people dying and losing their jobs, obviously. Mm. And then other days I feel really weird and a bit depressed and frightened Mm. and... I feel as if this is unreal. You know, it feels as if everything's been put on pause. But of course, it hasn't really. And, you know, fattening food still makes you fat. I'm still getting older. I'm still getting closer to dying of old age, I hope. or whatever. I'm still addicted to masturbating. There you go. And uh, <laughs> obviously, we're watching responsible social distancing porn. All the performers are more than two meters apart. Very long dildos. Mm-hmm. But I was saying that I was looking at you promoting what we do in the shadows in South by Southwest last year. Mm. And they had a big old Q&A, about 20 people on stage, including... Everyone spitting on each other. Yeah, there you go. Just loving it. Licking each other. And uh, there was Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement from the Concords and Stephanie Robinson, who's one of the writers... Who I didn't realise, she wrote on Atlanta as well. She got nominated for an Emmy for Atlanta. She's unbelievably talented and unbelievably young and unbelievably so fresh and beautiful and lovely and down to earth. Yeah, she looks like Zoe Kravitz. She's very... Wow, I'm going to tell you you said that. No, she's she's heaven. She's absolute heaven in a pair of jeans. Yeah. And there's Matt Berry, also heaven in a pair of jeans. Yes, and definitely. Such heaven in a pair of jeans. Kay Van Novak and anyway, very... Is Paul Sims there? Paul's, I think Paul everyone Sims. is there. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's the fam. You're all taking turns to pass a microphone along the line and answer questions in that ridiculous kind of awkward way that always happens when they do those giant Q&As and there's only yeah. two mics or something. And someone in the audience asks a question, and the question was, uh, um, "Hi, I'm go- this is going to be my audience question voice. Hi, uh, in any ensemble cast, you have to work in relationships and have creative partnerships. So, what is your advice in maintaining creative partnerships and being successful working in large ensembles?" <laughs> I mean, that oh, is a, wow. that's a real Q&A question. That's a question that no one ever in normal life would want to know or care about. <laughs> but when you're thinking like, oh, shit, I'm going to a Q&A tonight. I fell asleep when you were, you were doing an amazing impression. And yet I still fell asleep <laughs> listening to that. So how do, you, how do you reply? Like, can you remember what your reply was? Because you had the microphone at that point. 
Oh, God. And all eyes are on you. And so the question was, what's your advice maintaining creative partnerships and being successful working in large ensembles? And your reply oh, was... Oh, my goodness. I can't... I mean, what was my... I can't remember. I think my answer when you asked me that then, when I woke up, was um, just send a lot of, like, dick pics. <laughs> That's all I do. That's all I do. Like me and Matt Berry, me and Mark Proc, it's, it's just f- disgusting filth that we send to each other. But like, I just constantly Photoshop fannies and willies onto photos of Matt, make his nose look like a big willy, make his mouth look like a fanny. I think that's harassment. What did I say? What did I say? Something really sincere and like mm, taking off the mask and being your true self, scaring yourself every day. <laughs> <laughs> you said your answer was be a legend. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, no. And so there's a ripple of chuckles through the audience. But American sarcasm, they don't like it. They didn't, they weren't like busting a gut but throughout the whole q a wasn't just you no taika and jermaine did an amazing i remember they did the most amazing like improv little like double act speech before that that they just made up and like my mouth was a circle i couldn't believe how funny and great it was and then um, old shoulders mcgee gets on stage <laughs> are you shoulders <laughs> McGee? she's gonna smash it i'm shoulders she rolls herself out on stage and uh, plops out, <laughs> be a legend, be a legend. It made me laugh. Pathetic, absolutely <laughs> but pathetic. Then, but then K-Van Novak took the mic. He's much better at stuff like that. His reply to the same question, what's the secret of working in large ensembles, was uh, be modest, because he was sort of trading on the um, confused response to your Oh, very good. Yes, he got me. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very, very clever of him. Anyway. Well, if you work with, if you're working with an onion in a shoe, then <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be on it. And he was. <laughs> you're the onion in the shoe. Yes, what? of course. What? Be a legend. Oh, no. It was good. It was good. (laughs) Hey, Tash, we can wrap up now, I think. Great. I have to say this quickly before I go. (laughs) Daniel, who I live with, did I tell you this? He does the voice of the sausage. I've already told you that, haven't I? Which sausage? He does the voice of a silly sausage. What's the silly sausage? It's a toy that you did a thing about. Oh, yeah. Me and Joe played with the silly sausage. No way. That's Daniel. Yeah, and he's got it downstairs. No way. Yeah. How did he... Because he's, he's a voice actor, is he? He's a voice actor, but he told me that... Um, he just messaged me. Well, that was the message I got saying, by the way, tell Adam that I'm the voice of the silly sausage. Fucking hell, that's a pretty massive reveal. Yeah, I mean, I could get him to come up and do it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Daniel, I'm going to call... Obviously. Okay. <laughs> Dan, come upstairs and bring the silly sausage. You know, all right, I'll just have a look for it. Well, just just come up, just come up. Okay. Okay. He's coming. Just be the sausage. He's just be watching the news. (laughs) Hey. Hey. How was your chat? Very good. We had a good chat, thank you, Daniel. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, hi. Do you remember when I, I sent you a message about Silly Sausage a, a couple of years ago? Oh, right. That was you. I didn't realise that was you. Oh, yeah, my God. that was actually me. Daniel is holding an actual Silly Sausage. Podcast regulars will remember that Joe and myself, a few Christmases back, when was it? Like 2017, maybe? I don't know, but I'll post a link. Um, a few Christmases back, myself and Joe played with the Silly Sausage on our uh, festive podcast. And Daniel turns out to be the voice. This is Tash's flatmate, Daniel. And He's the best boy in the world. He's called Daniel Barker. I mean, it's, it's such a bizarre coincidence. It is. Listen uh, to that voice, though. Listen to... When did this you is the do the timbre of that voice? Well, when? I mean, I, the recording of the story was is bizarre because this sausage went on to sell ten million units around the world, and I just recorded it with a horrific kind of drugs hangover in Sutton, <laughs> and it was so hot because it was one of the hottest summers on record, and I was in this booth and there was no air conditioning, so I had to take all my clothes off. <laughs> I mean, can I? I should probably shouldn't even say this, but it's it's fine. I mean, so the the sausage, you know, the guy inside the sausage is, you know, a sweating, hungover maniac. And so I should explain for people who haven't heard the podcast with me and Joe that it's a toy called a silly sausage and it's a sort of plastic game. It's a bit like Bop It. And so the sausage makes various commands like squeeze me. What does he say, Daniel? Well, he says, uh, squeeze me, poke me, shake me, chipolata. <laughs> <laughs> Turbo! <laughs> Here's the actual sausage sound. Really sausage! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, you would never guess Chibolata, that. Party! Poke me to start! But I was in such a state when, I, when that was being recorded. <laughs> so you have to d- make Poke the sausage. You make the sausage say things and then repeat them. Okay. Really sausage! <clears throat> Chipolata party! Chipolata party! <laughs> I mean, this is my, my you know, bloody legacy now. It's an absolute disaster. We could invent some new phrases for silly sausage. Yeah, you know, like what, what, social what? distancing phrases. Stand two metres apart. <laughs> there you go. Get away from me. Wash your hands. <laughs> and what was the original direction for the voice? Well, actually, it was based off Hanky Panky the Christmas Pooh in my mind. That was the ah, inspiration. Mr Hanky. Same shape, different colour. Yeah. Right, there anyway. you go. Wow, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Daniel. Yeah, it's great to finally like put that to rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honour to meet you, silly sausage. <laughs> he's gone, and he's gone. And he's gone. Wait, this is an advert for Squarespace. Every time I visit your website, I see success. Yes, success. The way that you look at the world makes the world want to say yes. It looks very professional. I love browsing your videos and pics, and I don't want to stop. And I'd like to access your members area and spend in your shop. These are the kinds of comments people will say about your website if you build it with Squarespace. Just visit squarespace.com slash Buxton for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, because you will want to launch, use the offer code BUXTON to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
So put the smile of success on your face with Squarespace. Yes. Continue. Come on, play with me. All right. It's a big red sausage, right? You've got to describe to the listeners what it is. I did. <laughs> what did you say? I said it was a big red plastic sausage. <laughs> sausage with a face. With a face. He's grinning at me. He's got goofy, googly eyes. Oh, you see, I think this is the sort of merch you should go into. <laughs> this, is a, this is a merch With my suggestion. bearded face yeah, on. Yeah. All right, here we go. So I'm going to push his... Silly sausage. Hello, silly Come sausage. On, play with me. I am. Stretch me. Stretch me. Poke me. Dip me. Dip me. I did. Dip me. What does he mean, dip me? <laughs> he means push my bottom down. Oh, right. Dip me. Stretch me. Stretch me. Dip me. Poke me. Dip me. Stretch me. Poke me. Poke me. Dip me. Stretch me. Poke me. <laughs> the look of joy on your face. It truly is Christmas. <laughs> I'm just doing whatever the sausage tells me. <laughs> You're so easily controlled. <laughs> By a when will it stop? Oh, when will it stop? <laughs> Never. <laughs> hey, welcome back, podcats. A slice of silly sausage there from podcast number sixty-two, the twenty seventeen Christmas episode with Joe Cornish. After that exciting meeting with the voice of Silly Sausage himself, Daniel. Thanks to him. And thanks very much to Tash Dimitriou as well for making the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. And for taking my call there in the intro. That was very unorthodox. I don't know if I have made a spontaneous phone call like that in the last 10 years or something. I got out of the habit I still find it strange when people call me out of the blue for no particular reason. Very few people do it, to be fair. So, yeah, I just called Tash. I didn't even text her. That's what I would normally do if I just want to have a waffly chat with a friend. Which doesn't happen very often. But I would probably text and say, I was considering enjoying a catch-up conversation chat with you sometime in the next half an hour. Would that be convenient? Check it like that. You've got to go through the proper channels. Anyway, not uh, Buckles Mark II, freewheeling lockdown buckles, just call people up. I'm making too much of a big deal of this, aren't I? I apologise. I imagine a great many of you are worried about the status of my boiler. I'm glad to say that that particular situation is under control. Uh, There's a problem with the pressure. We got a heating engineer to come round, took all the precautions, everyone very careful as distant from each other as we possibly could be. Although there was one awkward moment in quite a narrow corridor that was a bit strange and everyone was closing all their orifices as they passed each other. But the problem was fixed, so that was a relief. Uh, A few weeks back, I think it was the Daisy Haggard episode, I resolved to supply you with a series of Spotify playlists. And uh, so far I have produced two. I didn't make one for the uh, Ramesh episode. I haven't got one for this one either because, as I'm sure you're aware, my audiobook 
comes out this week, Thursday the 30th of April. And 10 of the chapters in that book, I think there are 22 in all, deal with my adolescence in the 80s. I was uh, 10 years old in 1980, so my adolescence fell squarely in that decade. So I've made a series of playlists, 10 playlists, for every year of the 80s, which reflect not just the music that was in the charts that I enjoyed, but also stuff that I was getting into around that time, whether it was from that year or not, you know what I mean? Those playlists are going to be up and accessible from Thursday on my Spotify site. Search for The Real Adam Buxton, all one word. And actually that was sort of an important part of the process of writing those chapters for me, was listening to that music. And I found that if you went back and looked at the charts for, say, 1982, seeing all the songs in the top 40 for any given week brought back so many memories about what I was doing at the time in really minute detail. I could remember what I was wearing and who I was hanging out with and what we were up to and how I was feeling and what movies I was seeing. And it was sort of the key to unlocking all these memories. And, you know, I sort of cross-checked them to make sure I wasn't just imagining them. Tried to get the memories as accurate as possible. But it's always hard with memories, isn't it, to know if it's the real memory you're accessing or is it just a memory of a memory? Is it the memory of the last time you thought about that thing or you told a story or other? I don't know. Anyway, that's a very long-winded way of saying if you're interested, playlists galore are coming your way. What else? Oh, I was on someone else's podcast. I was on Ask Ronna. That is a weekly podcast hosted by the American actor, writer and comedian Jessica Chafin. Hope I'm pronouncing her surname properly. C-H-A-F-F-I-N. And she plays a character, Ronna Glickman, who will be known to comedy fans as one half of Ronna and Beverly, two American 50-something housewives. And in the Ask Ronna podcast... Jessica as Ronna and the American comedian Brian Safi, also co-host of the great Throwing Shade podcast with Aaron Gibson, invite a guest, most recently it was A. Buxton, to help them answer real questions sent in by listeners. So it's a sort of uh, comedy advice podcast, although Jessica as Ronna actually gave quite good sensible advice. (laughs) I thought. I can't remember how sensible my advice was. Probably not very. Anyway, I've put a link in the description of this podcast to Ask Ronna as well as other Tash-related nuggets. I've got the video of Tash at South by Southwest doing that Q&A. There's a very funny video of Tash doing a kind of Love Island audition tape. There's some sketches with Tash and her comedy partner Ellie White. Uh, What else? There is a link to episode 62 of this podcast, a Christmas episode with Joe, and that was the one where he gave me the silly sausage. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much indeed. Once again to Tash. 
Thanks to Seamus Murphy Mitchell for his production support and to Matt Lamont for additional editing. Thank you very much, Seamus and Matt. Rosie, how are you? Just walked straight past me. Straight past me. She's fine, though. I think she's sort of enjoying the lockdown. She's getting more walks than normal. Hope you're doing all right, coping as well as possible. It is weird, isn't it? Like, as I was saying to Tash, sometimes it almost feels like a holiday. Other times, it gets on top of you a bit more. But look, another episode of this podcast featuring another non-essential conversation with a fun person will be coming your way next week. As will the Ramble audiobook. Don't forget to pre-order. Link in the description. Until next time we meet, take excellent care and remember, I love you. Bye!